morning, everybody. Wet morning, everybody. Not everybody, but a lot of you have had rain. The more I look, uh, the more I look to the west and look at cumulative rain totals. Some of you have gotten some rain. That's good. Some in the eastern half of the state have had a lot of rain. I know we live outside the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and in Collin County, where I live, we're in the 20s of inches, and uh, 22 or 4, somewhere in there. I don't know what it is, but uh, by our measure, it's pretty soggy. By Louisiana standards, that's damp. (laughs) So it's all relative to where you are. But I hope you've had a good week, and I hope you've gotten some gardening done. hope you enjoyed your, your Memorial Day off and did something respectful and memorable. So, we are here to talk about the plants at your place. We being Neil and Jared Taylor, who runs the boards and answers the phones and makes this program stay on the air. Without Jared, when we program, I'd be sitting here in an empty room by myself. They don't let anybody in my studio with me uh, because it's not safe in my studio with me. Uh, It's the rants and the raves, don't you know? But anyway, uh, uh, it's just the two of us running this program, and I'd love to hear from you. Please give me a call. been doing this program for more than 30 years and been doing commercial radio now since 1978. And before that, uh, uh, seven years. It, it does add up. I started in 1970 doing extension service work for Texas A&M. So it, uh, it's a, a pretty long time of working with gardeners in my favorite state, my favorite hobby. Here's the phone number. It's 888-256-1080. We are live. We are live today. I'm live every Saturday unless uh, something comes up. Um, And uh, so it's uh, very simple. Just set the the, uh, sundial to go off on a Saturday just a little after 11, and you can give me a call. 888-256-1080. 1080, the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. I'll look forward to hearing from you. Uh, This is the time in early June that you make your second application of a pre-emergent weed killer. If you have annual grassy weeds, and by that I'm referring almost exclusively to to, uh, crabgrass and sandburrs or grassburrs or stickerburrs, whatever you want to call them, not goatheads. That's a different category, but uh, but, uh, sandburrs, grassburrs grassy weeds, then you need to make your second application, your booster shot application of Dimension, Halts, or Bayland. Dimension is spelled just like dimension of uh, measurement. Uh, Halts, H-A-L-T-S. I think you can see where that name comes from. And then Bayland is B-A-L-A-N. No idea where that name comes from. Those are three of the most common brands of pre-emergent weed killer granules. You put them out at a time between rains, if you're in the rainy area, let the soil dry out for a couple days, and then put the pre-emergent weed killer out and water moderately, lightly to moderately, just to wash the granules across the surface of the soil. They form a barrier on the surface of the soil that keeps the weed seeds from germinating. Now, if you did not make your application back in early March, early to mid-March, then no point in making this one. It may be hard to find uh, pre-emergent granules now. Most of the stores, not most, but a lot of the stores uh, sell them big time in the spring. Proud to sell them. Hey, we have it here. And then by the time you go back for your second dose, the booster shot, say, oh, well, we sold out back in March. Well, that doesn't do you any good because these weeds have a very long germination time and the the pre-emergent weed killers have about a 90-day effective 
control, 100-day effective control period. So that's why you need the second application. And you're going to hear me say in late August or the first week of September, a third time will be needed, and that's for the winter grassy weeds, the ones that just died in your lawn, rescue grass and annual bluegrass. That one you just need the one application. And uh, if you find one of those pre-emergent weed killer granules in a store right now, um, I'd buy enough to make that third treatment, the one that comes up in late summer. And go ahead and store it dry, and it'll be fine uh, for that uh, treatment, which is uh, not, not even three months from now. All right, that's enough on that. Uh, what else do we need to talk about? Um, I, I think I'll leave it up to you to, to uh, make your uh, own choice of what you'd like to talk about. We have two of our lines filled already, so I think I'll take my first break and get the program underway. That's the best way to do is minister to the wants of the uh, of the listeners, and that's what I'll do. Again, the phone number, if you'd like to uh, uh, get your wants listed, it's 888 888- Two five six ten eighty for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour eight 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 two five six ten eighty. My book is Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, and uh, let me tell you where I am on it now. You know that we're in the fifth printing of the book, and you know that that was delayed by about four or five weeks because of a paper shortage. A paper shortage. Do I sound uh, like I didn't believe that? Well, that's what happened. And uh, then the paper came in, and the book got printed, and it it was printed beautifully, just like always. And I got my first uh, shipment on May 4th, and I started signing. I put a big special sale price on because I told people, told you, that uh, I would have your books, uh, and I was pre-selling it and giving you a special price, but I wouldn't have the book for you until I got the supply in, and it might be delayed a little bit. Uh, by several weeks while I started signing, and I finished signing yesterday. All the books are in the mail, and if you pre-ordered or if you ordered right after the books got in, I said I'll continue the special offer, and you really took advantage of it. 4,704 books I have signed in the in the last month, and let me tell you, it was my wife and, and me doing most, well, I did all the signing, and she helped a lot on the labeling. She's broken her shoulder back at Thanksgiving. She can't lift anything. That is seven tons of books that had to be taken out of the boxes, put back in the boxes once they were put in mailing boxes. And I had a little help on getting them to the post office a couple of times. But, man, we we're exhausted. I'm leaving the special up for another few days just to catch all loose ends because I never put a close date on it, but it's not going to go for more than a few more days. So if you want the special price of only $31.95 plus tax and postage for what will be $36.95 plus tax and postage, this is the book with 11 chapters, 344 pages, 840 of my photos. It covers every aspect of outdoor gardening, lawns, landscapes, flower, fruit, and vegetable gardening for every county in the state of Texas. It is a hardback printed on that high-quality paper and printed in San Antonio. It'll be a signed copy of the book for only $31.95 if you order right away. You can order by calling my office Monday through Friday. Uh, However, it is much better if you order it online. The office phone number is 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. That's weekday business hours. However... 
The better way is by call is by ordering online at neilsperry.com n e i l s p e r r y.com. There's a lot of talk these days about made in America, but let me tell you about something that's been made in America for 90 years, nine zero years. That's Mueller metal roofing, Mueller steel buildings, made right here by people who care about quality of both materials and workmanship. Whether it's a metal roof for your home or a custom steel building or even a shed or a greenhouse for the backyard, Mueller means quality. Mueller has four manufacturing facilities right here in the USA. And with 33 branches for sales and service, there's a Mueller location near you. When you choose Mueller for metal buildings or for roofing, you're choosing the best quality products to protect your family and your property. And you're supporting local jobs and local families. These are ordinary, hardworking people who are proud to provide a product that's made right here in America. Mueller Metal Roofing and Mueller Steel Buildings, 90 years of making customers' dreams come true. And when a business has been around for 90 years, you can trust they're doing things right. They can give you a more beautiful home, greater comfort, and better peace of mind. Visit MuellerInc.com or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. To find a location near you, that's 877-268-268. Three five five three. That's Mueller, made in America and made the last. MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. Thank you, Kelly, very, very much. We have one line open at that number. If you'd like to grab it, it's 888-256-1080. I swallowed wrong, so if I leave you momentarily, that'll explain that. Let's go to Joan in Bryan. Joan, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning to you, Neil. How may I help you? Uh, I want to ask you a question about my nutgrass and meliope, but I want to make sure I spelled what you told me to put on my crepe myrtle last year when I was having aphids and the leaves were all turning black and it was ugly. Mm -hmm. Is the I-M-I-D-A-C-L-O-P-R-I-D? You are correct, and you advance to the next round. (laughs) <laughs> okay, good. And uh, uh, okay, I have liriope, and I have almost as much nutgrass it seems in my in it as I do that. If I put that spray that kills the nutgrass on it, is it going to kill the liriope? You know what? Look on the label of image, uh, the original image that was intended for nutsedge. Uh, and I'm going to correct you by saying nutsedge because it's not a true grass. I'm not trying to uh, hang a hammer right, over your right, head, right. Uh, but just to distinguish. And let me explain to other people. You can always tell a. What a, was the name? What was the name that you just said? Image. Image. Yeah. Um, okay. Sedges have triangular stems. For anybody who's wondering, gosh, I wonder if I have nutsedge or if I have a, a grassy weed. If you roll the stem of a nutsedge, or, or what people most commonly call nutgrass, it'll have triangular stems, whereas true grasses like Bermuda grass and St. Augustine and Johnson grass and corn, all these are grasses, and they all have round stems. <clears throat> but anyway, sedges will have the triangular stems, and the original image product was introduced to control nutsedge. And it, it does a really good job. It did such a good job that the manufacturer decided, okay, that was a success. Let's 
let's use the same name and we'll use it as an umbrella and we'll introduce other products with the name image and we'll put other pro- uh, uh, chemicals in and uh, we'll take advantage of the recognition of that name. The problem is that those other products are not used just to control nutsedge. They'll, they'll kill other plants that maybe you don't want to kill. So look for the original nutsedge controlling image. And a good nursery or hardware store will know what you're asking for, and, and they'll help you and show it to you. All right, having said that, when you look at the label of image, and I'm more familiar with image than I am the other product called Sedgehammer. Sedgehammer, you could certainly look at that one, too, and you can do a lot of this online. Uh, Sedgehammer, without the L in it, uh, is, is uh, what a lot of commercial uh, landscape contractors use. I think the original image said uh, Liriope on it, or maybe it was Ophiopogon, which is the the other name for mondo grass, monkey grass, and and they're very similar plants. Um, and I think it said that it was, I believe it said that it could be used on it. I'm amazed, but I believe it said it could be used on it. Check the label very carefully. When you try it, if it does say that it can be used, if it does, if it does, then try it in about a, a one-foot area <laughs> and cut your losses in case there is a problem. I'd give it uh, maybe two weeks to see what happens. Um, if that doesn't work, then plan B is is uh, nuclear. It's just not good. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, plan B is dig up all of it and start over. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So I hope it'll work. And and I it seems to me it's been a long time since I looked at that label. The label on the original image folded out. You had to buy the product to get to the label. And then when you started unfolding it, it had a lot of oddball stuff on it. It said like you could use it on around white crepe myrtles. What is that? Yeah, what's going to happen to red criminals? I don't know how much they've broadened that label lately. I need to go back and look at it now. I think it's online, and so I think you can probably look at it there. But I, I believe that Liriope might have been on the label. Double check, triple check me. Don't trust me. Yeah. Well, just for, I'm sure that you've said this many times. I've missed a couple of your shows because of my life got in the way. But mm-hmm. um I made the mistake of cutting back my wax myrtles that were shading my front window to the west, and now they're just coming up from the bottom, so I don't know what made me. I knew I should just wait to cut them, but I didn't, and now everybody else's has come out, and mine is just coming up from the bottom, so, oh, Well, man. you know, I, I wouldn't lament too much because you'll have a lot of vigorous growth, and these are wax myrtles, not crepe myrtles, right? Yes. Yeah, and the uh, Bryan College Station soils are very different from where I am now in the in the Dallas Fort Worth area. But but the uh, wax myrtles uh, this far north um, were brutalized by the cold, and and uh, any wax myrtles that survived and are coming out are are pretty sparse. I don't know how they are in Brazos County, but but you'll get vigorous growth, and I'll bet you two years from now you won't notice the difference. I, I wouldn't worry too much. Uh, a lot of our plants are coming out. I, I trimmed back my American Beautyberry plants. I was so convinced that they were gone, so I cut them back to about uh, 24 inches. They're, they're really, I don't know if you know that plant, but it's not really a shrub. It's not really a perennial. It's just kind of in between, and, and, um, and they're leafing out now. As of June, they're leafing out clear up to the ends of their branch. They've never acted that way, so we just didn't know. This one's strange. 
Yeah. All right. Thank you for You're your time. You're doing fine. You'll be in good shape. Thanks for the call, Joan. I appreciate it. Let me go to Roy in Floresville. Roy, this is Neil. Good morning. Hello, Roy. Roy, Roy. Well, Jared, you make the call. What do you think? All right. Roy was going to ask about planting redwoods. And, and Jared, are you pretty sure he was talking about redwoods and not redbuds? Whoa. Uh, I hope he was talking about for a friend in California or along the coast. They're not going to be happy in, in Floresville. The way that redwoods survive is with constant mist and very high humidity and temperatures that are about 20 degrees cooler than what Texas can offer. They can be grown, but with great difficulty and not much happiness. So anyway, maybe I misunderstood something, but <clears throat> that's, uh, that's kind of where that is. Let me uh, tell you right now about my website. It's called Neil Sperry's. Uh, it's not my website. This is my uh, electronic newsletter, eGardens. It comes out every Thursday night, just a little after 6 p.m. Always tell you I get mine at 6.04. Got mine at 6.02. Speedy this week, 6.02. What a deal. We have about 75,000 subscribers to eGardens. We'd love to have you as well. It has a very high open rate, meaning that People get it, and they open it. They want to see what it says, and I'm always uh, flattered by that because a lot of the electronic newsletters uh, just kind of languish on people's computers. But uh, this one, people realize, has a lot of valuable information, and I think you'll agree. The uh, Gardening This Week is the most opened column in it. There are five columns always, and Gardening This Week weekend uh, covers the things you need to do in the next three or four days that are most timely for that time period. It comes directly from my computer to your computer. I always do the writing for eGardens. Uh, we have Diane Sitton writing one story a month and also Stephen Shambly one story a month, but otherwise the, the, the five stories each week are mine. Uh, there's always a featured plant of the week and a featured question of the week or two. I think you'll find it very useful. I think you'll find it very interesting. It's free and always will be. I will never spam you. I'll never give you an extraneous e-gardens unless there's something extremely critical, maybe a uh, an insect infestation or a freeze or something like that. Uh, occasionally, we'll send it early if there's a holiday like Thanksgiving. We will not send it on Thursday evening. We'll send it probably Tuesday. And when the big bad freeze came through this year, we sent things out a little bit early. But that's what eGardens is all about. You need to sign up for it, and uh, you do so at my website at neilsperry.com. That's where you also buy my latest book while it's still on sale for a few days more. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Click on the eGardens tab. You can see what it looks like, and you sign up right there. Niels Ferry's eGardens. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, I'll take that assignment. Uh, we have a number open up the line. It's 888-256-1080. Kelly had that number exactly right. 888-256-1080. The Texas Lawn and Garden Hour, and we go to Elton in Lovelady. Where is Lovelady, Elton? Uh, we're just two hours due north of Houston, just hmm. uh, close to Crockett. Oh, okay. I got you. I'm with you now. How can I help? We have uh, alphys that are drowning, and we want to know if we should 
pull them out and put them in buckets. Just really would like to save our Altheas. Altheas, okay. Uh, that threw me a curve. I, it says on my call screen, peach trees. So, Okay. Um, no, I don't think I'd take them out because that's going to disturb them more. That's like uh, doing major surgery on somebody who's, you know, already sick or something. I don't know. I'm not in medicine. I better not use that example. But, but no, I would, I would try to get the water away from them if there's any way to do that. Uh, but uh, what happens when you have a plant that is in extremely uh, poorly draining soil is that all the oxygen is gone and the roots have died. That's when it wilts, even though there is wet soil around it. And uh, it's not cotton root rot or any of the disease root rots. It's just, it's just uh, as you said, a, a, a drowned root system. And um, so taking it out isn't going to help. If there's any way to uh, either dig a, a ditch that will let the water drain over there somewhere, or if you have a small pump, or if you can do a, some kind of a siphon to get the water over there, you know, just somewhere else. Uh, Altheas are not happy in poorly draining soil, just like their relative cotton would not be. But I would not dig them out going into the hot, dry weather. That's, that's the worst possible time to that, dig something. That would not be smart. No. Okay, Elton wants to talk to you about his peach trees. All right, there is an Elton. You, I, I didn't want to yeah. say anything, but you didn't sound like an Elton. <laughs> I didn't sound like an Elton. Well, no, thing. <laughs> no. I thought, boy, this is, this is unusual. Okay. Hey, Elton, um, my peach trees, we just planted them this year. I think it was in... Uh, Late March, I know it's probably too, and I didn't think they were going to make it until we started getting this rain, and then the leaves started coming on them. Well, now the leaves are starting to turn yellow. Is there a possibility somehow to keep the water out of there, or can I put anything in the soil to dry it up? No, it's the same answer that I just uh, gave her. You've got to figure a way to, to drain the area. It may okay. involve cutting a, a ditch in, a small ditch, just with a hoe to, to get the water to run somewhere else. It, it's really the very same answer I gave on the Altheas. Yeah, well, they're on a slope. Well, then, then accentuate the slope somehow. You've got okay. to get the water out, lower the water table. Um, when you planted those, did you were they bare-rooted or were they in pots? They were in pots. Well, that's good. They had all their roots intact then. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's yeah, you must be in a bog. You living in a you living in a low area? Well, not really. We're on a slope. Our lane, uh, you can see it going down here at a very slope. Uh, you know, not a gradual. You know, it's a gradual. Well, I didn't mean to insult you. I live at the bottom of a hill, um, and I chose to put our house there, my landscape there. I mean, I didn't make the best decision. Um, I, I can't blame any of it on my wife because I'm the one who put the landscape there. So, you know, what I'm saying to you, I might as well just look in the mirror and say to myself. But um, if, now, if it's, the, it's the soil, uh, the soil is not that great. And I, it, I did put potting soil, mixed it in with some sand. You yeah, know? I, yeah, but that, that doesn't help if the water table is really high in a whole area. If you have Oh, a, yeah. 
If you have yeah. 100 square feet where the water table comes up to the soil surface and it's just full of water, having improved the soil right where you planted a tree won't help with that water table. But I, it's it's going to dry out pretty quickly now. I don't know that that is necessarily just from the the water. I can't tell without seeing it, Elton. Yeah. But uh, yeah. how much did you did you do any trimming of these trees when they were planted? No. All right, it's not necessary when you have a plant that has been grown in a pot, but right. it is necessary on peaches to get them to start developing their scaffold branch system. Yeah. So this might be a good time to prune them to develop that scaffold branching. That would take some, um, see how I can exp- explain this, it'll make some sense. Uh, that would take some uh, demand off the root system. Let's assume that yeah. they have had some root damage from poor drainage. Uh, if you were to remove some of the top growth and start to develop that scaffold branching that's so critical for peaches, then that would remove some of the the requirement that the roots have to supply moisture to the to the top growth. So I probably would do that. I'd go online and and see about uh, removing the growth. You want to prune them so that you have three main scaffold branches that come out uh, between 22 and 24 inches. And then you try to keep the tree growing essentially horizontally. You don't want a peach tree to be more than about eight or nine feet tall, nine or ten feet tall. When uh, it's they're, they're, about, they're about four. four no, four. I'm talking about when it's mature. Oh, okay. And so all of your pruning is directed to, to outer growth, not to upward growth. Oh. And so you have to start when it's young because if you let it grow for a couple of years, it'll go straight up. And by yeah. then it's too late to get that, that outward growth. Well, so I've start got with that. I've got two of them just about that way now, and uh, I I trimmed them this year, but I didn't cut that much off the top because you know I quite couldn't reach it. Uh, oh, if it's too tall got, to reach, then I think you better be doing some pruning now to try to encourage that that horizontal growth, and that will that will help a great deal solve the leaf drop they, caused yeah, by yeah. But by they got drainage. peaches on. They got peaches on there now. You do not want peaches on. You don't want any fruit on a new fruit tree for the first three or four years. It needs no, to these establish are, roots. These are two. These are two that I've got established that I've had for about five years now. All right. And uh, this is uh, you know. Um, well, I'm I'm over my head, and and I need to move <laughs> on to other callers. But okay. there is a, there is a wonderful fact sheet from Texas A and M on raising peaches in a home orchard. I really would suggest you get that and follow it very closely because it sounds Definitely. like if you have peaches that high up in a tree, then you need to do some major pruning during the winter time to, to shape your trees. And what so, time in the winter? In the winter, it doesn't matter. Okay. Appreciate yeah, it. January is good. All right. Thank you, Elton, very much. Thank you. All right. I'll uh, tell you once again about my book, and, and all this information is in my book as well, every bit of it. It's a very special limited-time offer, limited-time meaning a few more days, because I have now caught up on all the assigning of my books. We have taken 4,704 books to the post office. That made for some very large pickup loads to the post office that uh, we have lugged in and uh, into the shipping dock at the McKinney Post Office. Um, there are some that are still being delivered in the next two or three days. We took more than a thousand in in the last week. 
This might be the only gardening reference you'll need. It covers all aspects of gardening for all counties in Texas. 344 pages, 840 of my best photographs in 11 chapters. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas. Chapter 2 is a 48-page calendar. It's not a wall calendar. This is a, a text calendar. Four pages per month that tell you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray everything in your landscape and garden month by month, four pages per month. Chapter 3 and 3 through 11 are extremely detailed chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. The book will be $36.95 plus tax and postage in just a few more days. But right now, just to even things up and get it all done, if you'd like to get it for Father's Day, for example, it's only $31.95. But you need to order, you must order immediately. I've fulfilled my obligation to to um, uh, uh, keep the price down there until I got caught up. I am caught up on all the signing. And uh, so if you order today, I'll be signing tomorrow and uh, or maybe tonight. And the two ways you can order, it's not in stores and it's not on Amazon. <clears throat> the two ways you can order are from my website or by calling my office Monday. The office number is 800-752-GROW. I believe Gretchen may be out a little bit helping her father on Monday. 800-752-4769. So be patient. If you're calling that number, you may have to call Tuesday. The better way, the sure way, is to order it online at neilsperry.com. 98% of the orders come online. That's at N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y. Dot com, Lone Star Gardening. More after these messages. Thank you, Kelly, very much. Let's go to uh, Ron in Corpus Christi. Ron, this is Neil. Good morning. Neil, good morning. Question for you. Uh, let me kind of get it concise here. I'm interested in aerating the soil, your opinion on that, and then kind of to break it down for you, I have two different, uh, I've seen two different kinds of tools. Of course, the lawn aerator that, you know, takes out a core, and I see where you can buy a hand device that literally goes in the ground and pulls a core out, and I've got, of course, a pitchfork and another uh, tool that's just got long rods on it, and you, you, you can jump on it with both feet, and it's kind of wide, and you can literally stick it in the ground, kind of wiggle it, and then get, but I'm curious if that does any good without taking the core out. What's your opinion on coring, you know, lawn and even around like trees and shrubs is that all right and i'm in i'm in clay soil and corpus is that a something good to maintain your garden or what's your opinion on that let me it's a wonderful question and you you expressed it uh, very succinctly and perfectly so people will understand Uh, there are three times that i think aeration might be necessary one would be if there has been extreme compaction um I can imagine that at the end of the State Fair of Texas, where a million people have walked over a a plot of Bermuda grass, that that might need to be aerated. That's one. Another, or, or maybe if uh, if neighborhood kids have played football in the middle of your front yard all fall, that might need to be aerated. So that's that's the same one. Another, I hope I can come up with the third one. Another. <laughs> I'm just stretching my memory bank here. Another would be if you have an accumulation of um, uh, of uh, 
organic matter, thatch, that has uh, built up. Uh, I'm not talking about dead stubble left over after a winter, and, and in Corpus Christi you may not be as familiar as people in the northern half of the state are, but you, you would after this year. But uh, St. Augustine and Bermuda uh, turn brown when they get exposed, when they're exposed to extreme cold, 25 or, or 20 degrees. And that's just, that's just stubble. That's nothing. But if you don't catch clippings of Bermuda grass over a period of time, and especially if you use an inexpensive uh, quick-release nitrogen fertilizer and leave those clippings on the lawn, they will form an impenetrable layer beneath the runners. There's the operative, beneath the runners and on top of the soil. And it forms almost a corky material that keeps water and nutrition from getting into the, into the soil. And the, the, the roots of the grass then can't get down into the soil either, and they try to grow on top of that thatch, and pretty soon the lawn begins to get very uh, unhealthy looking, and you realize, oh, gosh, there's something horrible there. And um, so uh, that would be a time to aerate. Those are probably the two main times. I don't know what the third one might have been that I would have thought of. I guess, well, I'm not even going to go there. Those are the two main times, and, and I have never felt the need in, in 50 years of maintaining turf in Texas, I have never felt the need to aerate my lawn. And I rarely recommend it for people because rarely does somebody say to me, here's what my lawn has done. You know, I, uh, occasionally somebody will call and they, they are aware that they have thatch. Um, right. And, and sometimes somebody will say, I bought a house and the guy before me had a, had a big truck that he parked off the driveway, and that would be a time. Um, yeah, when it really got, uh, how, how about in flower beds, though? I mean, you think it's not, I mean, I don't is think it necessary? it's necessary. No, if you have if you have prepared the soil well with organic matter originally, and a product called expanded shale S H A L E, that's a, a relatively permanent material. It's kind of like ground up flower pots. It's a it's a heat expanded. Oh, I use it. I use it. Yeah, okay, it's, good. It, it, I, it, I didn't it, know how common it was. It's almost the equivalent of like pumice in in essence. Thank you. That's exactly right. You are a good gardener, and, and if you've used that, your soil is going to be loose enough. It's going to be fine. Now, you ask about core removal versus just poking holes in it. Core right. removal is always better, and so core aeration would be better if you feel the need to do it. Pulling the plugs okay. out of the ground, leaving them on top of the ground, uh, is what the golf course people always do, and they are exactly. the pros in exactly. turf management. But like you're saying, and, and to be quite honest with you, I, I plan, if I have any grass at all, it'll be very minimal. I really want to do more of a... A, a, a landscape that eliminates grass. Uh, you know, I may have a tiny patch of it. So I was more interested in like the flower bed aspect of it. Like you're saying, if you pre-prepare it, mix in some of that uh, expanded shale. Mm-hmm. After that, you really don't need to go be poking around everywhere. I mean, no, that's right. Mean, and 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 a mini rototiller, uh, assuming that you're either using perennials or annuals in the flower bed. Every once in a while, you're going to be reworking that soil, and you get another chance to add more organic matter. It decays and breaks down, so you do need to refresh that. And so if you have uh, perennials in there, you're going to have to do it piece by piece by piece. But if you have right. annuals, if, if you have a bed that has uh, a flat of periwinkles or a flat of lantan, well, that's perennial for you, but, but a flat of... Um, uh, begonias or impatience, you can go in there with a mini rototiller and redo the soil completely. 
And so now you don't need to have any aeration in there. It's going to be fine. right, right. Just just traditional pitchfork, you know, when you're re-preparing, re- or like you said, a mini rototiller. Mini rototiller is so yeah. much easier. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. It's, it, it I'm really getting too old good. to I, think I, about pitchforks, spading forks. <laughs> I know it, man. They're 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 a lot of work, but they uh, are. okay. Good. I, I just I just I didn't know if it was just a practice you really wanted to just do on a yearly basis, but it very sounds like rarely. it's really not. Very, yeah. I mean, very really, just rarely. as you're kind of preparing or redoing a little section or even planning a new plan no. or whatever, maybe no, do the a golf bit course of a people the golf course people will aerate when they are overseeding with ryegrass. And that may be the third one I was thinking of because if, if right. somebody is diligent about overseeding, and I overseed every year on a hillside that we have because of erosion uh, with, with ryegrass, but but uh, um, I, I don't aerate hey, that either. Just to touch on that expanded shale, you like the idea of, of tilling it in? How, 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 like, in other words, how deep would you go with it as far as if you mixed it in with your flower bed. When, when I prepare a vegetable garden or a flower bed, uh, I use four or five, six inches of organic matter, uh, a, a couple of inches of sphagnum peat moss, uh, an inch or two of compost, and then one inch of finely ground pine bark mulch, one inch of well-rotted manure, and one inch of expanded shale, and I will rototill all of that 10 inches into the existing soil. About the top, about the top 10 inches. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Okay. That's, that's right. what I need to know. Good Appreciate deal. Thank you, Neil. Thank you. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Bye-bye. My website, folks, where you can order my book, and you can also sign up for eGardens, and you can also uh, see my 1001 Frequently Asked Questions is neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Visit it, bookmark it. I think you'll find it useful. At Mueller, they believe in value. Their Value Plus buildings are pre-engineered. They feature an easy-to-assemble, bolt-together design. Mueller's durable roofing panels are hail-resistant, and they come back by a 30-year limited paint warranty. But True Value never stops at just a quality product at a reasonable price. True Value shows in the service you receive during your purchase and in how a company stands behind their product after the sale. Mueller understands that buying a steel building or a metal roof for your home can be a lifetime decision. And Mueller will provide assurance before, during, and for decades after your purchase. At Mueller, you simply get more. You get more for your money, more confidence in their company, and that gives you more value. And that's what we all want. Call them at 877-2-MUELLER. 877-268-MUELLER. Three five five three, or you can visit them online at MuellerInc.com. M U E L L E R I N C.com. Mueller means more. I'll have more after this message. Thank you, Kelly. And we go to Reuben in Brenham. We have about a minute, Reuben. How can I help? Real quick, uh, I'm the guy you talked to several years ago about the Shiro Plum in Shiro, Texas, but now I'm in Wet Brenham. Okay. Brought with me a couple of years ago two uh, root uh, saplings of uh, two uh, crepe myrtles. And I planted them on there. One was about 18 inches high, and the other one was about two feet high. The other one, two feet high, has done fine. Got blooms on it this year. The other one's in there, been in there for about two years now. And it's just over a six foot high and has no buds whatsoever on it. And just a whole bunch of shoots. It's real full. And my wife bought a crepe burger from nursery locally. 
it's up. It's doing fine, but still, the second year, still no buds or anything. Are on they it. in full sun, Reuben? I'm sorry. Are they in full sun? Yes, they are in full All right. sun. Are you doing any pruning on them in the winter time? I didn't do any pruning at all. All no. right, that's good. Uh, they will bloom. Some varieties are very late to bloom. Uh, uh-huh. We are involved in the crepe myrtle trails of McKinney where we evaluate all the 140 varieties of crepe myrtles, and some of them do not bloom until July. Some of them are, okay. are in full bloom right now, so they vary a great okay. deal. Call me early in the show next week, and I'll try to help you more. Folks, thanks for listening. I've enjoyed it very much. Have a great week. Happy gardening.